Welcome, friends. You are listening to the podcast for First Christian Church in Fort Myers, Florida. To learn more, join us online at fccfm.org. It is a blessing to be able to share God's Word with you today. Thanks for joining us. 1903. After many failed attempts, the Wright brothers were finally successful getting their flying machine off the ground. And they were thrilled, as you might imagine, and they telegraphed the following message to their sister, Catherine. We have flown 120 feet. We'll be home for Christmas. Catherine hurried to the editor of the local newspaper and she showed him the message and he gave it a casual glance and said, how nice, the boys will be home for Christmas. And he totally missed the bigger headline that mankind had flown for the very first time. Well, good morning to you, to all of you in the room, to all of you joining us online, to those listening in on Way FM. We want to welcome you to First Christian Church. It is just good to take a time out from our busy holiday schedules to worship God and enjoy one another today. Amen. I have to confess to you that things have just been so insanely busy this month. I almost feel like we are skipping Christmas. Anybody with me? Feel like you're missing something with everything else going on. I mean, with Black Friday and Cyber Monday finally in the books. How many of you still have shopping to do? I certainly do. We've got to get the house ready for house guests before Christmas. We had our staff Christmas party Friday before last, first family Christmas next week. Kids have their midterms at school this week. Jake has basketball games or practices almost every single day. And I feel like I need a day of nothing just to catch up on the normal things. Several years ago, John Grisham wrote a little novel called Skipping Christmas, where this empty nester couple were so bummed about all the insanity around Christmas, they decided, we're just going to skip it all together, and they planned a Caribbean cruise instead. Funny story, they made it into a movie starring Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis. It was called Christmas with the Cranks. Maybe some of you remember that movie. But how many of you get sometimes so overwhelmed with all the stuff at Christmas you feel like a crank? Bah humbug, right? I don't know about you, but I believe I would like to skip Christmas for a Caribbean cruise as well. Doesn't that sound nice? Yeah, well, we knew you'd feel that way. And so here's what we decided to do this year. We decided we would celebrate Advent so that we could all be more intentional about putting joy on the calendar. And I just wonder how many of you grew up in a faith tradition that celebrated Advent, right? And how many of you grew up where you heard about Advent, but you didn't know what it was? That's me. I'm part of that second group. I'd heard of Advent, but I'll be honest, had no idea what it was. I grew up in a faith tradition that that says where Scripture speaks, we speak, and where Scripture is silent, we are silent, and that's a pretty good statement. Problem is, over time, the statement turned into this idea of, well, if we, we don't see it in Scripture, we can't do it at all, and we don't see Christians celebrating Advent in Scripture, so we didn't celebrate it. See any inconsistency there? Pretty sure we don't see Christians celebrating Christmas in Scripture either. 
Pretty sure we don't see Santa Claus in scripture either. Doesn't mean we can't enjoy those traditions. And so we decided to do something very traditional this year at SEC and celebrate Advent. Now the word Advent means coming and the Advent means the coming of Jesus. And Adventists are people who believe Jesus will come back in their lifetimes. And when the early Christians started celebrating Advent, they were anticipating, they were praying for the second coming of Jesus, hoping it would happen in their lifetimes. Over time, however, the celebration of Advent came to, several, came to symbolize several things. Number one, of course, the Advent of Jesus coming into this world as the baby in Bethlehem. Number two, the Advent of Jesus coming into our lives through faith, repentance, and baptism. And then number three, the Advent of Jesus returning someday in the future or the second coming. And there are several elements that are common in the celebration of Advent. One is the weekly lighting of the Advent candle. The first Sunday of Advent, we lit a candle representing hope. The second Sunday, we lit a candle representing faith. The third Sunday of Advent, that's today, we lit a candle representing joy. The fourth Sunday, we'll light a candle representing peace. And then on Christmas Day, and we hope you all come back on Christmas Day, we'll light a candle representing Jesus, who is the light of the world. And today is the third Sunday of Advent, so we just lit the candle representing joy. And we have learned the last couple of weeks that joy, the biblical word for joy, communicates this emotion that we feel when we anticipate seeing and when we see a loved one we haven't seen in a while. Uh, last Sunday, one of those time hop reminders on Facebook popped up on my Facebook wall and it, it reminded us, and we actually forgotten that it was the three-year anniversary of our gotcha day for our sweet puppy dog, Boomer. So three years ago, last Sunday, we brought him home. And I remember that day really well. What I remember is Jake and Ella, who were nine and 10 years old at the time, they were so amped up emotionally that shrieks were spilling out of them. That is the noise of delight, and that's joy as a feeling. And those are some of the feelings we feel during the Christmas season if we are dialed in. For new couples, it's the excitement of building new memories together. For parents, it's, it's the, the fun of strategically placing the gifts around the Christmas tree. For kids, it's the anticipation of seeing those gifts around the tree when they wake up on Christmas morning. For grandparents, it's the satisfaction of being with their kids and their grandkids. For Christians, it's the desire to gather together and worship our Savior. For the shepherds, in a valley outside of Bethlehem watching their sheep, it was surely the feelings they felt. In Luke chapter two, verses 10 through 12, when angels appeared and they said this, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Joy. Joy is the feeling Janice and I experienced. It was December of 2018 in a quiet cave on the outskirts of Bethlehem. 
It was a cave in a valley near fields where shepherds have been grazing their sheep for thousands of years and still do to this day. It was a cave that has been used historically also for thousands of years as a stable for local sheep. And it was in that cave with 25 other pastors and their wives that we sang Silent Night and we read the Christmas story and we took communion together and it could have been the place where Jesus was born. I'd like to think it was. In that place, we experienced so much joy. In that place with misty eyes and goosebumps. We sang and we read and we prayed and we shared communion together. Excitement, gladness, delight, hopeful anticipation. That's joy. But there's another element of joy that's decidedly not a feeling, an element that we haven't yet talked about in this series, and that is rather a state of being. And it's something that you can have as a Christ follower even when you're not having those positive experiences, even when you're not feeling those positive feelings because life dictates, and you all know this, life dictates that there are seasons when we don't feel that joy. Kay Warren describes that kind of joy like this. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details in my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is gonna be all right and the determined choice to praise God in all things. That's also joy. Another element in celebrating Advent, of course, is the Advent calendar. And maybe you had an Advent calendar growing up that had candy in it and you ate one piece of candy every day leading up to Christmas. And well, we did a no calorie Advent calendar at FCC this year, but hopefully you've been following along with our devotional readings from the Church Center app. The idea is you spend 30 days leading up to Christmas, taking a moment each and every day to think about Jesus, think about the nativity, think about Christmas, to build that anticipation, to very literally put joy on the calendar. And then another element in our Advent celebration here at FCC is we're preaching through the book of Philippians. And the book of Philippians is, is a New Testament letter. It was written by the Apostle Paul. Its entire theme centers around joy and rejoicing. And we've learned the last few weeks that Paul wrote this letter to the church he planted in the city of Philippi. And Paul had he'd started this incredible church, but then Paul had left the church to go start other churches, only to be arrested and in prison. And from prison, he wrote this letter calling the Philippian Christians to rejoice no matter what. Paul was facing prison, persecution, and potential execution, and yet he experienced joy because of his faith in Jesus. And, and there's just so much application there for us that whatever we are facing, whether it's disease, disaster, depression, derailed expectations, devastation, perhaps the death of a loved one, whatever it might be, as Christ followers, we can still experience joy. That settled assurance that God is in control of all my circumstances. 
It's like my friend Chad, whose story I've shared before, leading in a high-stress, fast-growing church context, attacked by an autoimmune disease, needs a lung transplant, and yet he's always edifying and encouraging others. And every single time he posts something on social media, he, he hashtags, God's got this no matter what. And then putting joy on the calendar. And he's just such an incredible encouragement and inspiration for me. It's kind of like Jesus. Jesus knew what he was here for. He knew he'd be rejected by family, betrayed by friends, arrested by his own people, executed by the Romans for insurrection, and yet he was a source of joy for others and even for us. Well, throughout his letter to the Philippians, what the Apostle Paul does is he points his reader to Jesus. That's what he does. Points his reader to Jesus repeatedly to Jesus who was rejected, betrayed, arrested, and executed. It was also resurrected by the power of God and exalted as our source of joy. And so two weeks ago, we talked about the joy we have in sharing Jesus. Then last week, we talked about the joy we have in imitating Jesus. And today, we wanna talk about the joy we have in celebrating Jesus and keeping our focus on Jesus in our lives and in our celebrations. That brings us to our big idea for today. In this insanely busy holiday season, we can find our joy by fixing our focus on Jesus and celebrating him. All right, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and get those open. We're gonna be working our way through Philippians chapter three together. And, and here's the first challenge I wanna draw out of Philippians chapter three. If you're taking notes, you can write this down next to number one. Don't let others steal your joy. Don't let others steal your joy. If you're not careful, it can be all too easy to let others steal your joy, and especially during the holidays. I mean, we want to enjoy the holidays. We want to experience joy, but we honestly, we get so busy, and we get so tired, and we get so cranky, and then we're pushed into all these small spaces with aunts and uncles and cousins and maybe parents and grandparents and adult children with different ideas and different personalities and maybe different politics, and then we all get kind of cranky, and um, actually, I was getting a haircut from a lady who sometimes cuts my hair, and, and she was telling me how frustrated she was with her mother-in-law, who was visiting from Europe, who was critically commenting about having to eat leftovers after Thanksgiving. And she was saying that her daughter-in-law should make a whole nother meal instead of serving leftovers. And apparently, mother-in-law said, a good mom should always have a fresh hot meal around the table for their kids, not leftovers. And so my hair cutter was telling me, yes, she had enjoyed having her mother-in-law visit from Europe, but she was absolutely at the end of her patience getting cranky and ready to go back home. I get it. Have you ever felt like that? Anybody ever steal, rob you of your joy? Philippians chapter three, verses one through three says, further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble to write these same things to you again and again, and it is a safeguard for you. And then he says this, he says, watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve by, this, by God, 
who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and who have no confidence in the flesh. And we learned last week that, that prison persecution and potential execution weren't stealing Paul's joy, but division among his fellow believers was stealing his joy. And you can tell by the tone of these verses that indeed was the case. And so he challenges his readers to watch out for people who steal their joy. And specifically, he calls these particular joy stealers, he calls them dogs, evildoers, and mutilators of the flesh who are dividing the church. And oh, by the way, in Paul's time, dogs were not seen as sweet pets and adopted family members. They were unclean. They were scavengers. They, they lived in trash dumps, and the ancients did not have a high view of dogs like we do. And so Paul calls these joy stealers dogs, and it's not a term of endearment. Dogs, evildoers, and mutilators of the flesh. And I think the interesting thing is he, he was actually talking about Christians, albeit fringe Christians with strange teachings. And one thing in particular they were teaching is you couldn't go to heaven without being circumcised. For the ladies, not so much of a problem. For the Jewish men, not so much of a problem. For the Gentile men, you serious, Clark? You want me to what? And so Paul had evangelized, he had led these grown Gentile men in Philippi to Jesus and he had taught them how salvation comes by grace through faith and those who accepted Jesus, they professed their faith publicly, they were baptized and then Paul leaves Philippi and these joy stealers come in and they say, no, faith is not enough, you need to be circumcised and those who are circumcised are true Christians and those who aren't circumcised, they're fake Christians and I'm just kind of interested, how did they know? But these joy stealers were dividing the church by forcing New Testament Christians to follow Old Testament laws not designed for them in the first place. You're not keeping the Sabbath on Saturday. You're not a true Christian. You're not following the Jewish dietary laws. You're not a true Christian. You're not circumcised. You're not a true Christian. Maybe today we would hear it like, you trick or treat at church. You do Santa Claus with your kids. Oh, you don't vote the way I vote. You're not a true Christian. Could you imagine if that's the way we behaved at FCC? Like, you're not a true Christian. You're not a true Christian. You're not a true Christian. Wouldn't take long to destroy our love, divide our church, and steal our joy. And that kind of behavior was dividing the Philippian church and robbing the Christians there, as well as the Apostle Paul, of the joy he had in Jesus. So number one is don't let others steal your joy. Number two, don't make everything about you. If you wanna experience joy, don't make everything about you. Don't make your holiday celebrations about the people who steal your joy. Don't let people set up shop in your head. Don't give people free rent in your brains. Don't make it about them, but... Don't make it about you either. And to make a, a really strong point, and, and you have to understand, Paul is speaking tongue in cheek here, but Paul made it about himself. Philippians chapter three, verses four and five. Though I myself have reasons for confidence, 
Someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh. I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, that was considered a good thing, persecuting the church. As for righteousness, based on the law, I was faultless, perfect. Here Paul is arguing, and he's sounding pretty arrogant, but it's on purpose. He's arguing that if anybody has the right to think they're going to heaven and to decide who else gets to go to heaven, then it's him because he had followed the Jewish scriptures perfectly. And these joy stealers who are dividing the church believed they deserved to go to heaven. They believed their ability to perfectly follow the Jewish scriptures would save them and that anyone who didn't do it like them would go to hell. And they were stealing everyone else's joy by being self-righteous and self-centered, by making everything about themselves. And so Paul gives them a dose of their own medicine, and he argues that he's even more faithful to the Jewish law than they are. Paul makes it about himself, but only tongue-in-cheek, only to point out the foolishness of their arguments, only to point out their hypocrisy. Because Paul, and I just want you to think about this for a second, Paul had perfectly kept the Jewish law, perfectly, before he was a Christian. He had perfectly kept the Jewish law while simultaneously being a very bad person. And you can do that. You can keep all the rules and you can keep them perfectly and still be a bad person. Keeping the rules won't save you. Only Jesus can do that. But here's Paul's point regarding joy. Number one, don't make it about them. Number two, don't make it about you either. And number three, and this is where we're gonna land, you make it about Jesus. You make it all about Jesus. You make, you wanna experience joy? Make your life all about Jesus. Make your home and your family all about Jesus. Make your dreams and your desires and your pursuits all about Jesus. Make your plans and your goals all about Jesus in this Christmas season. Make your Christmas celebrations all about Jesus. Paul could have made it all about the people stealing his joy, could have made it all about himself. But in the end, what we're gonna see here is Paul made it all about Jesus. Verses seven through 11, just notice how many times he mentions Jesus. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and being found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. A righteousness that comes from God is on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. And I just noticed Paul mentioned Jesus five times in five verses. And just see how Paul shifts the focus from the people who are stealing his joy and how he shifts the focus from his own successes and accomplishments and how he shifts the focus to Jesus and who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us. Paul saw this as the key to joy. He saw this Christ 
focus as the key to experiencing joy, that feeling of excited anticipation. But more importantly, that state of being that Kay Warren talks about, the assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life, the confidence that ultimately everything is gonna be all right, and the determined choice to praise God in all things. That is joy. If you wanna experience joy in life, you wanna experience joy at home, you wanna experience joy at work, you wanna experience joy at church, we're talking every day. But if you wanna experience joy at the holidays, don't let others steal your joy. Don't make it all about you. Make everything, and I mean everything in your life, make it about Jesus. And that doesn't mean we can't sing secular Christmas songs like White Christmas, and it doesn't mean we can't enjoy Santa Claus and stockings over the fire. It it doesn't mean we we can't give and receive beautifully wrapped gifts, but it means at the end of the day, we make it all about Jesus. Do you wonder how that newspaper editor I mentioned earlier could have ever missed the headline, Mankind flies for the very first time. He misses it and he only sees Orville and Wilbur will be home for Christmas. Like, how is it possible to miss that? You know, it's an even bigger headline than mankind flies for the first time. Here it is. When the time had fully come, God sent his son. Born Born of a woman, born under law to redeem those under law that we might be adopted into his family. God sent his one and only son that we might be adopted into his family. That's the biggest headline in history. Don't miss it for lesser things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus, our Savior, and for your spirit who lives in us. Like Paul, help us to find our joy in you, God. Not in other people, not in what other people say or do or think about us, not even in what we think about ourselves, what we've accomplished, what we've earned, what we've achieved. While we love those around us and enjoy the good things in our lives, let us remember that ultimately everything comes back to you. It's all about you and it's all because of you. And so we praise you and we pray to you as we rejoice in you today and every day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If we can pray for you or encourage you in any capacity, please let us know at FCCFM.org.